Welcome in to Downtown the Podcast, episode number 97. From the Zone Radio Studios, Broadway in Bangor, Carrie Haskell, Rich Kimball here, self-quarantined with each other, (laughs) (laughs) as is happening uh, around the country right now. Uh, But we are here to give you another wonderful podcast this week, thanks to our friends at Cross Insurance, where security meets strength. We'll talk with a couple of talented performers on the podcast this week, including Melissa L. Williams, who stars in the brand new series, Tyler Perry's Ruthless, a spinoff of the series The Oval. That's coming up in the second half of the podcast, but we get things underway by welcoming back a wonderful friend of our radio show, awfully talented guy. He's an actor, an author, a terrific storyteller. Stephen Tobolowski getting ready for the brand new season of One Day at a Time that debuts on March 24th on Pop TV. And we talked with Stephen about the new season of the show, but as always, he offered uh, well, he offered a little philosophy and a little wisdom as well. Here's Stephen Tobolowski on Downtown the Podcast. Hey, Rich, how's everything going in Maine? Well, we're uh, well, like everybody else. We're we're adjusting to the new normal. How about you? Well, the new normal out here changes about every twenty minutes. <laughs> so, so the latest twenty minutes, and and this involved me, is that they just declared an edict here in Los Angeles that seniors will be able to shop between seven and eight in the morning uh, to be able to get some sort of groceries at the grocery store. This this was something that's brand new. And uh, so that way, if if I, I am now of that uh, category of senior being that I'm over 60, if I wish, I can go to that grocery store 7 to 8 and look at the empty shelves like <laughs> like I could have done at 10 o'clock. Uh, it's, 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 it is amazing. Uh we we used to we used to have uh, years and years and years ago, a, a woman cleaned our house named Minnie. Uh, her son was a professional wrestler, and Minnie uh, used to talk to me about life a lot of times. And she, I asked her how she was doing, and we never could fire her or do anything. She never cleaned the house. She was too old to clean the house. <laughs> Uh, oh, we're at that stage now. 
the, 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 the shelves of the stores are empty. We're at that stage now. But I'll tell you what we did do, and this is on a bright note, and this is on a note that will put a smile to your face. All of us on One Day at a Time, which premieres, I think, in a few days. One week from today, I believe, right? March 24th. One week from today, March 24th. That is exactly right on Pop TV. So Mike and Gloria, our executive producers, had the wonderful idea, amazing idea. And they said, what if we did a mini episode for everybody who's in lockdown? For everybody who's in their homes and can't go anywhere, let's just do an episode of everyone in the Alvarez family and everyone in the cast also doing social distancing. (laughs) And so Mike and Gloria, bless their hearts, they wrote a script, a very funny script, and last night each one of us recorded our part of the script on our telephones in our lockdown parts of the house where I had to shoot mine in the garage because I needed a white background. And they're going to edit this together for all the fans of one day at a time as kind of a morale booster. So, so that's coming everybody's way probably sooner than later. Well, that is wonderful. But we did finish. Yeah, it's wonderful. We did finish the first six episodes before anything uh we, we went into a, a, a scheduled hiatus, a scheduled break, while everybody kind of took a breath over the first six shows. And then we were just told, oh, we're going to have to take another week off. So we, we, are supposed, we were supposed to go back to work this next week, but it'll probably be the week after that. But of course, in this world where everything changes so quickly, we'll see what happens. But um, it's never a dull moment here in Los Angeles, let me tell you. you know, or anywhere else for and, that. And now here in Maine, I hear in Maine you're, you're uh, not in such dire conditions. Well, things are pretty much shut down around here. There are a few restaurants that are doing uh, curbside takeouts. Uh, I, I, I the, the governor has stopped most sit-down crowds. We've got curfews in effect. And then today it's snowing because I, you like you like a little winter with your apocalypse too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's like Minnie says, just different things are, are are kind of you know dying at different times. You know, and 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 then you hope that there's a resurgence. Uh, and and certainly, there, there certainly are a lot of bright spirits here in Los Angeles, and a lot of helpful spirits. And and it's true that in a way, crisis does bring out the best in people. And so far, we haven't really seen the worst in people be, you know, nothing is probably, I was, Rich, I don't know how many apocalypses you faced in your life. (laughs) I I think the first one I faced that I remember was the Cuban Missile Crisis. Did you go through that one? I did, but I was just a, a small child, and I have I have a very little memory of that. Yeah, my wife Ann and I we were thinking back fondly of how both of us pestered our parents to to build a fallout shelter in the backyard. <laughs> <laughs> both of our parents said, "Like, no, we're not going to do that." And we felt sure that that was the end. Uh, 
And I think uh, I think of that wonderful Thornton Wilder play, Skin of Our Teeth. Mm. Uh, I saw a magnificent production of that when I was in graduate school. But each of the three acts of the play ends with the end of the world. The, the first act ends is in dinosaur days with cavemen, right. and a volcano is erupting and going to kill all mankind, blackout. Then the next is uh, the flood and Noah and the flood, but everybody's Shriners at a convention in Miami, but it is the flood that's going to end the world. And then the last act is the war that was going to end all of civilization. And what I heard about this production, this, this play, Skin of Our Teeth, is that Thornton Wilder wrote it while he was, I think, a reporter in World War II. And he wrote it, and the first production of the play happened in a bombed-out town in France and was performed under moonlight. Wow. And the last act of the people saying, this is the war that would destroy all mankind. And at the end, the people on stage find courage to continue on because wisdom will continue and our our love of one another continues. That if I could not imagine what it would be like to be in that audience, in that burned out, ruined city of France, watching this beautiful play. And I think about it now when you're kind of running out of food and running out of essentials and people say, oh, if you're over 60, stay indoors. You know, this is a bad one. And I feel heartened by that play. And I guess I guess that's kind of what art does is, is somehow you get in these situations and you remember a piece of music or a painting or a play, or a movie, and you get courage again. And um, hope, hopefully that's what, hopefully this is what our season of One Day at a Time will do, too, when it comes out, because it, we have some beautiful shows that we've finished that are coming out that are, that are really, um, you know, when we read them, kind of took our breath away. So, so uh <laughs> We, we, we have our fingers crossed. Well, it's, it's no small thing in these times, especially with people, for the most part, confined to their homes. Uh, entertainment, something that, that lifts the spirit, that's more important than ever before. So we, we can't wait for the new season. I understand quite a few exciting guest stars appearing this season, too. Well, we, I, I think it's no secret we had the one and only Ray Romano for the first show. Mm. And that was uh, that was amazing <laughs> to watch Ray. And you know, he was saying to Mike Royce because Mike Royce and Ray did Everybody Loves Raymond together. Mike was the executive right. producer on that show, and uh, Ray was looking around, going like, "Hey, you know, I like this. I like. I forgot what how much fun this is to do this." <laughs> and what Ray kind of shows everybody is that you don't have to do anything to be funny, but listen and think and talk. Uh, his thought process is so hysterical and all of us were having trouble keeping a straight face on stage, but, but that's par for the course for us. But 
it, it's it's going to be an exciting season. Well, how wonderful was it for all of you who not that long ago were facing the end of the show? How wonderful was it to all be back together again? Yeah, it's crazy. I mean, it doesn't happen. And and you know the the there were several mysteries so surrounding that. We we found out some of the statistics from Netflix, which which they always keep secret. And the first year, one day at a time, uh, had on an average two million viewers. The second season, we had four million viewers. The third season, we had eight million viewers. Hmm. And I was shooting the Goldbergs, and I got a call from Mike and Gloria five minutes before I had to go to the set. And I was certain it was the pickup because we had gotten such great reviews for three years. Audiences loved the show. And I thought, oh, they're here telling me good news. I get a knock on the door. They say, Stephen, we're going to need you in five. I go, sure, sure, sure. No problem. And I answer the phone, Mike and Gloria, and Gloria says, Stephen, I'm so sorry, but our beautiful little show is coming to an end. And my heart crashed through the floor. I couldn't even believe it. Uh, I was so stunned. I couldn't even cry. I, I couldn't do anything. And then the AD knocks on my door again and says, Stephen, we're ready to shoot your scene. No. <laughs> where I had to go out on the Goldbergs and be funny. And it was a graduation show. And I'm trying to remember my lines with every all the students in front of me. And I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. I am now unemployed. I am officially unemployed. And I think Annie and I, we took a vacation after that show. Anne was working on a play from a playwright in Finland. In Finland. (laughs) So I went along with her to Helsinki just to hang out, drink the beer. And we had been there together 33 years beforehand. That's how long we've been in love. So 33 years before, we were in Helsinki. And let me tell you, the city didn't change that much. It's pretty much the same thing. You know, I had beer at the same place I had beer 33 years ago. And we get an email that in Austin, excuse me, in Austin, Texas, there's going to be a producer's meeting, and they want to focus on the cast one day at a time, and I thought it was a little morbid kind of for a post-mortem, but I took a flight from Helsinki to Austin, Texas, and there is a flight that will get you there. I don't (laughs) recommend that flight, but it will get you to Austin, Texas. And uh, I had dinner with a couple other of the cast members with Mike Roy and uh, Brent Miller, our other executive producer. And Mike leaned across the table and said, Stephen, we're not dead. I go, what? He says, listen, I have worked on dead shows. I've worked on half-dead shows. This show may have life again. And I thought Mike was phone his leg, but Mike has more experience than about anyone I've ever known in television. And sure enough, uh, I went back to L.A. about Three days later, I got the second call from Mike and Gloria saying, Stephen, we're on again. 
on Pop TV, uh, which is uh, run by CBS. Right. Uh, and and we got another season, you know, and, and, and they love the show. And this is one thing I learned. Uh, you always learn something or you're dead or, or you're like many that your brain is dead. <laughs> You always learn something, and this is what I learned. It isn't enough to have a wonderful show with a great cast that you love and wonderful writers, fabulous directors, some of the best in the business. It's not enough. And you need power and passion behind all of that in the network and in the studio. And with Sony behind us, we had street fighters who are going to do anything because they love the show so much. And with pop TV, we had passion and they bent over backwards to try to make it possible to bring pop one day at a time from Netflix to pop. And so, so much, uh, gratitude goes to those guys in the big tower at Sony who put on the brass nuts for us and for pop TV who are kind of like a new Romeo and Juliet act with us, with their love for this show, they made it all possible. Well, we can't wait. The new season premieres on March 24th on pop TV of one day at a time. Steven, it it has been comforting to me. And uh, I wanted you to know, I started rereading my adventures with God over the weekend. It seemed to be something that would be would be good to get back to during these somewhat stressful times. I think so. I think so. I I, I uh, had an interview yesterday with someone who said, "Can you give me something of encouragement from my adventures with God that that can encourage us in these terrible times?" and and I don't know if it's the best example, but the one example I can think of, since you brought it up, and uh, and that is my old rabbi, Rabbi Schimmel, said that the human being needs four things to survive. We need our physical, our emotional, our intellectual, and our spiritual life. We think in this day and time the physical is the most important. We always go to the gym. And for uh, intellectual, we always have Sudoku. But, you know, emotional, a lot of times we let that go. And spiritual, we never turn to it at all. And he says the human being cannot survive without all four of those cranking. So I look for enormous comfort in some of the lessons I've learned from the Bible and, and there's brilliant stuff there. And from my teachers from Temple, magnificent thoughts, and uh, they give you resilience as well as intellectual material, emotional material from music we listen to, and, uh, and, and keep it working. Of course, in Maine, it's impossible to live in Maine and not keep the physical going. I mean, just going to the store is difficult. <laughs> you know, I, I, Lake Thompson, I remember trying to swim back to the boat. Even that was difficult. <laughs> yeah. Well, Stephen, it's wonderful to talk with you. As always, uh, we wish you 
good health and um, patience. We all need some of that getting through this. And and I hope most of all that uh, when you make your first foray to the supermarket during those special senior hours that you find at least partially stocked shelves. <laughs> right now, I'm looking for a loaf of bread and a, and a little quart of milk. That's all I want. You know, I don't ask for much. Well, we hope you find them. Stephen, we thank you for making time for us. Give our best to Anne as well, and we'll catch up with you again very soon. You got it, Rich. Love to you guys. Stephen Tobolowski chatting with us here on the podcast this week. And again, the new season of One Day at a Time premieres March 24th on Pop TV. We'll uh, take a break here for a quick word from Cross Insurance. And when we come back, actress Melissa L. Williams joins us on Downtown. Since its founding in 1954, Cross Insurance has grown from a small family-owned agency that started in Bangor, Maine, into one of the largest super regional insurance agencies in New England. With the network of offices throughout New England, Cross Insurance works with top carriers to provide maximum value to you, your family, and your business. We are proud to be the official insurance broker of the New England Patriots and would welcome the chance to provide security for your team. For more information, visit CrossInsurance.com. Cross Insurance, where security meets strength. Hey, we're back on Downtown, the podcast. Rich Kimball, Carrie Haskell. Next guest on the program, a talented actress who has appeared on Tyler Perry's The Oval about the first interracial family in the White House. A new spinoff series features one of the twin sisters from that series. Tyler Perry's Ruthless is on BET Plus, and we had a chance to talk with Melissa L. Williams all about it. Hi, how are you today? Doing wonderful, thank you. It uh, looks like, well, all of us in America will be watching a lot of television these next few weeks. Very excited about Tyler Perry's Ruthless, which premieres next Thursday. And a chance for you to take one of the two characters you played in the Oval uh, to this spinoff series. What can you tell us about the plot? Yes, of course. So The Ruthless is a spinoff of The Oval, which is actually the number one cable drama by Tyler Perry. And um, it follows my character, Ruth, who has kidnapped her daughter, as you saw in the Oval, and then people were wondering what happened next. So this show is going to explain to you just exactly where Ruth has gone. She's taken her daughter to this underground cult that she um, she believes is going to, to, to lead her to the road of redemption because she's had a troubled past, and um, she feels like this is the only the last and only way for her to, you know, seek forgiveness and, and, and redemption from her family and, and peers. Did you do any particular research uh, to, to take the character in this direction and, and to deal with, with cults or the situation that Ruth is in? Absolutely. Uh, we, I was given material from Tyler Perry um, and casting to watch these documentaries. Um, I also did my own research. Um, my castmate Yvonne and I, we did our own research via YouTube because there's several interviews um, of, of real women who were in cults, raised in cults, or left cults. And um, so listening to those women 
um, really, really inspired my my decisions and choices made for my performance. Now, in the Oval, you played twin sisters. What kind of an acting challenge does that present? Oh, <laughs> um, it was it was interesting, and I will say it was interesting only because I actually had the Denise role before I had the Ruth role. Right. And then Tyler Perry called me, and then he's like, okay, you know what? How about I want you to do the Ruth role because I plan on doing a spinoff with that character. I think it would fit you um, a lot better. And also, I've been wanting to work with you. So Ruth has three episodes in the Oval, but I, I'm going to do a 24-episode spinoff with her uh, on DC Plus. And I want to know if you want to do it. And I was like, oh, my gosh. Hi, Tyler Perry. And, like, <laughs> and then I was like, yes, yes, I would love to do it. Um, so then I got a phone call after we had wrapped filming Ruth. And um, he's like, what do you think about making Ruth a twin and having Denise be your twin sister? I'm like, yes, that's that's so cool, <laughs> right? And he's like, what do you think about doing it? And I'm like, you know what? At this point, my answer is still yes. I, I'm, I already that role I was given to begin with. So I'm not, I'm, you know, I'm familiar with the character and he's like, cool, we're shooting tomorrow. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> Alrighty. So, um, I don't think it was a, too much of a challenge because I had the opportunity to shoot at two, two totally different times. And it wasn't like I was bouncing from character to character. Um, it was, I shot all of Ruth and then I shot all of Denise. We're talking with Melissa L. Williams here on Downtown. Tyler Perry's Ruthless premieres Thursday the 19th on BET+. So what, what's it like working with Tyler Perry? Everybody you read about uh, talks about how terrific he is. There, there's got to be something there. He can't be as good as everyone says. Oh, my goodness. You know what? He's not. He's great. <laughs> He's not as good as everyone says. He's great. He literally, I, I cannot say enough wonderful things about Tyler Perry because honestly he's he has changed my life so many other people's lives uh he's always his motto is I will always fight for the underdog because I'm the underdog you know um I wasn't given opportunities and still am not and that's why I decided to build my own so I look I look forward to giving back to you know people in whether it may be crew it may be, you know, just personnel, office personnel at Tyler Perry Studios. He literally, he gives back to so many people and has created so many jobs with that studio that I, I, I think he's great. I don't think he's good. I think he's great. <laughs> <laughs> We're talking with Melissa L. Williams. You grew up in Oklahoma. When, when did you know this was what you might want to do with your career? I did. I, I grew up in Oklahoma City. Um, I knew... When I got okay, so I got locked out of, of of my apartment. My mom's my mom was single mom working always three jobs because I was in several classes from dance, tap, jazz. She put me in everything because I asked her, and I'm so grateful. But um, she she was like, okay, well, go to the neighbor's house because I can't I can't leave work. You know, Melissa, I'm sorry you left your key, but you got to be responsible. Go to your neighbor. So I'm like, okay, mom, <laughs> I go to the neighbor who is a, a woman. I, I'm familiar with it. She's an older woman and she opens the door. She hands me, um, I told her, you know, I've lost my key. And she's like, come on in, sweetie. We'll wait till your mom gets here. She put on a Shirley Temple movie and handed <laughs> me 
the old-fashioned Coke with the, the glass bottle. And I just kicked my feet up, watched that movie, and literally it changed my life. I told my mom, I want to do that. I saw this little girl. She's singing. She's dancing. She's tap dancing. She's um, she's acting, mom, and she's my age, mom. <laughs> and so um, I told my mom that. And, and ever since, you know, I, I had been in theater in Oklahoma, starting with, you know, church plays. And I did my own plays with um, a company called Oklahoma City Theater Company. Then I did a national play. It was it was experience in Oklahoma. Once I decided that this is something that I know I can do as well, I just put my, my best foot forward. And that was like all I wanted to do so much so that my, ma- my major was theater. So I have been doing it for a long time, but I'm just grateful that, you know, now is the time that I am able to get, get my recognition because I'm, I'm getting it in my own show. So what better, what better way? Absolutely. And uh, before we let you go, if you got any other projects in the works that you can tell us about? Sure. I have a film coming out with Lance Gross. It's entitled Dutch. It'll be coming out later this year. And I'm working on some of my own, producing some of my own projects, but music will probably be the, mo- the next thing that you hear from me. I had um, a small, well, short uh, stint in the music career in Atlanta, and I had a song on the radio. Of course, they played it in Oklahoma. Um and then um, a, a record label wanted to sign me, but it, it didn't go through. So I'm just going to start that up again because that's also one of my passions and see how people receive it. Well, we can't wait to hear about that. We can't wait to see Tyler Perry's Ruthless that premieres on Thursday on BET+. Plus. So, Melissa, thank you so much for making time for us, and we wish you continued success and good health. Thank you so much, and the same for you. Actress Melissa L. Williams of Tyler Perry's Ruthless here on Downtown, the podcast. Our thanks to Melissa, and thanks to the great Stephen Tobolowsky for joining us as well, and thanks to you. If you like the show, if you like the podcast, pop a nice review up there. We'd appreciate that. Tell your friends. Spread the word. Subscribe. Get more people on board as well. Uh, We remind you the podcast brought to you every week by the good folks at Cross Insurance, where security meets strength. In the meantime, be safe, wash hands, do what you got to do. We'll see you next time on Downtown the Podcast.